0: Certainly, Allah has heard. اللذين, the statement of those people who, which people, they say that Inna Allah faqir, that Allah is faqir, Allah is poor. Who said this? The Jews, the Yahud said this. Because in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Who will give to Allah a good loan? So they said Allah is faqir, he needs a loan. Who is faqir? Someone who is poor. There are two words for a poor person. Miskeen and faqeer. Miskeen is someone who has a little bit. Something with which he can fulfill some of his needs at least. Not everything, but some. But fakir is someone who doesn't have anything. Who cannot make do, so he has to go and take a loan. Because even if he's being given in charity something, that's not sufficient. So he has to borrow a loan from someone to fulfill his needs. So they mocked at the verses of Allah And they said, Allah is faqir, Allah is poor. That He wants us to spend in His way. He wants us to spend for the cause of His religion. And unfortunately, many times, people say such kind of sarcastic things about the deen of Allah. That the people of the deen, this masjid or this organization so poor that they're asking for donations or they're asking for fees. You know, they shouldn't be asking, they shouldn't be collecting any fees. I mean, look at this building and don't they have so much money? Where is all this money coming from? They're filling up their personal pockets and people say these kind of things about organizations, about the people who run those organizations, negative things. And this is not something that's new. It happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ as well. People accuse the Prophet of cheating. You know that? This is why we learned the ayah, that it's not possible that a messenger would be treacherous. That he would yahul. He would never do that. So likewise, لَقَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ You know, many times people say such things in privacy to one another. They don't say this openly. They say in their private conversations that you know this organization they charge this much fees and they have these many students and they must be making so much money and still they're saying that they don't have enough money and so they're increasing the fees and they make us pay for the books and they make us pay for this and they make us pay for that. They must do something fishy. Something wrong. Something fishy. So people say in private Allah says لَقَدْ سَمِعَهُ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ Allah has heard. So we should be very, very careful when we say such statements about other people or about organizations or about masajid. When it comes to university course, you know we say that it's expensive but we don't say negative things, we say you know this is how much it is, this is how much you have to pay if you want to get a good education. We accept it. But when it comes to paying for an Islamic course, then we start saying negative things, we start assuming false things, we start backbiting and this is unfair, this is incorrect. You know, the example that was given, that even if you want to adopt a pet, like someone has refused a pet, they want to get rid of it, and you say, okay, I'll keep it, they'll make you pay for something at least. Even if it's $5, they'll make you pay for it. Why? So that you actually take responsibility of that pet. You don't think that it has come for free, so you can do whatever you want. No, you take responsibility, and you do what you're supposed to do. So, likewise, the deen of Allah... You know, it's something very precious, very valuable. We want it to come for free, but it doesn't come like that. You have to put in some kind of effort. You have to sacrifice something. You have to do that. But there are some people who don't like to. And then they start saying negative things. That Allah is poor. This religion is poor. The people of this religion are always begging. This masjid, this organization, they're always begging. لَقَدَ السمّع اللَّهُ Allah has heard. قَوْلَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا The statement of those people who say that إِنَّ اللَّهَ فَقِيرُ Allah is poor وَنَحْنُ أَغْنِيًّا And we are rich. أَغْنِيًّا is the plural of غَنِي. Allah says, سَنَكْتُبُ مَا قَالُوا We are going to write what they have said. Meaning their words are going to be recorded. So first of all, their statements are written down. وَقَتْلَهُمُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ And their killing of the prophets. The Yahud, they killed many prophets before. So their crimes even, even they are recorded. And the prophets they killed Without any right. It was unjustified. وَنَقُولُ And we shall say, ذُوقُ عَذَابَ Hariq Taste the punishment of the burning, of the fire. is is fire to be burnt by the fire. So we will say, the punishment of the fire that is going to burn you, that you're not just going to see, but it's actually going to burn you. Two things are mentioned over here. Their words are recorded and their crimes are recorded. Now remember, whatever we do, our actions are recorded and what we say is also recorded. So be careful about what you say. What we say should be based on knowledge, not on false assumption. What we say should be based on justice, not bias. And why is it being recorded, whatever we say? So that on the day of judgment, nobody can say that, oh, I never said that. It's recorded. The evidence is there. That is because of what your hand sent ahead. Meaning, this punishment of burning that you experience right now is because you prepared this for yourself. قدمت ايديكم your hands put forth is an expression for that you have accomplished yourself you have done this yourself because hands you know they symbolize action okay so your hands have sent ahead meaning you did these actions you did it yourself and you sent them ahead for the hereafter so now this is the punishment that you have wa anna allah and that allah is not at all unjust toward the servants dhallam extremely unjust so he is not unjust at all. Not a little, not a lot. Injustice is something that can never be expected from Allah. So if someone suffers punishment, it is their fault. They are those people who say, meaning the Yahud, they're the ones who said that in Allah, that indeed Allah, Ahida ilayna. Ahida is from Ahd, which is a covenant. And Ahida ila is to convey to someone. To take a promise from someone, to convey to them, so Allah conveyed to us, He entrusted to us, He commanded us that Allah no that we should not believe li to any messenger. Hatta yatiyana until He comes to us bi qurbanin with a sacrifice from the rukhlatus qafra Qurban is sacrifice. Why is it called qurban? Because it's a means of drawing closer to Allah. Because qurb is closeness. So when you sacrifice something, you draw closer to Allah. It's like, if you want to draw close to something or someone, then you have to sacrifice. Right? You have to sacrifice all that gas to get to your destination. If you say, no, I want to keep my oil tank full, then you're never going to get to your destination. Right? So they say that Allah took a promise from us. He instructed us that we should never believe in any messenger until he brings to us a sacrifice. تَأْكُلُهُ Which the fire consumes. Takulu from the root letters, Hamza Kafla. Now we see that the Bani Israel, the Jews of Medina, what was their reaction when the Prophet ﷺ went to them, asking them to contribute in the blood money? They conspired to kill the Prophet ﷺ. And earlier also they had said derogatory things about Allah Taala about their religion. And what was the problem? That they did not believe. If they believed, then none of this would have come up. And why is it that they disbelieved? They had no reason to do that. It was just jealousy of the Prophet ﷺ. It was just ego that prevented them. And one of the excuses that they made for their disbelief was what? That Allah commanded us in the Torah that if there is any human being who claims to be a messenger, then we don't just accept him to be a messenger. Just like that, because he says so. No. Allah commanded us that that messenger will offer a sacrifice and if there is a fire that descends from the heaven and consumes that sacrifice, then that means that person is a true messenger. And if he doesn't offer such a sacrifice, and there's no fire that comes and consumes that sacrifice, then that means this person is only a liar. He's not a messenger, so you don't need to believe in him. So, Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa since you never did anything like that, we don't believe in you. This was just a lie an excuse. You know when people don't want to do something, and they don't do it, then they come up with the most lamest excuses. Correct? Like the munafiqeen, what excuse did they make? We don't know how to fight. We don't know how to fight. Yeah, right. They knew how to fight very well. They were people who had swords with them all the time. They were ready, prepared fighters, trained from childhood. So, Likewise, the Yehud, they made this excuse. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He refutes this excuse and He says, قُل, say to them, قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ Certainly He came to you, who, رُسُلٌ many messengers min qabli before Me. And they came, bil with clear evidences, وَبِil ladi, and also with that which, قُلْتُمْ You have said. Meaning there were messengers who came before, who performed this miracle, they offered a sacrifice, a fire from the heaven consumed it, but still did you believe? No, you did not believe. You did not believe in them. Instead you killed them. So why did you kill them? Lima means why. In kuntum صَادِقِينَ If you're truthful. Was the prophethood of Zakariya salam, of Yahya of Isa salam not clear to them? It was very evident. But still they killed them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refutes their excuse that it's not that the messenger has not proven to be a messenger. It's because you don't like him. You don't like what he tells you. This is the reason why you tried to kill Isa salam. This is the reason why you killed Yahya salam This is the reason why you killed so many messengers before. Now the question is that the Jews at the time of the Prophet they never killed the prophets before because they were never alive at that time. It was their ancestors. So why does Allah taala accuse them? Because they were very happy with what their ancestors did. They were okay. They approved of the actions of their forefathers. They followed their footsteps. So this is the reason why Allah accuses them too. فَإِن كَذَّبُوكَ Then if they deny you... Allah says, still, if these people refuse to believe in you, then don't worry. No big deal. Messengers before you were also denied. And those messengers in the past, بالبينة, they came with clear evidences, was Zubur, and also the scripture, and the enlightening book. Now, what does it mean by Zubur, and what does it mean by Kitab al munir Zubur is from the root letter Zaiba and it's the plural of the word Zabur. Over here, zabur does not mean the book of Dawood alayhi salam. The word over here is to be understood in its literal sense. Okay, just like the word Quran, it means recitation, and it's also a proper noun. Similarly, the word zabur has a literal meaning, and it is also a proper noun. Okay, but over here, the word zabur is being used in its literal sense. Now, what does the word literally mean? It means advice, admonition. Okay. What does it mean? Advice, admonition. And Zubur over here refers to the scriptures that contained admonition, that contained advice. Like for example, the suhuf of Ibrahim a.s., the suhuf of Musa a.s. They contained a lot of advice, admonition, words of wisdom, obviously from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Zubur may also be understood as just advice, admonition, warning that Allah revealed to the prophets that were not necessarily part of the book, part of the scripture. Like for example the Prophet he was given the Qur'an. Now there are many words of admonition that are in the Qur'an but there are also many other words of wisdom, admonition that are not in the Qur'an but the Prophet was taught them. Correct? Which we learn where? In the form of hadith. Okay? So likewise, to the previous messengers, Allah sent a zubur, and every messenger, every prophet was not given a scripture. Okay, every prophet was not given a scripture, but Allah did reveal something to him. So this is what zubur refers to. So the prophets before they came with miracles, they came with zubur and they came with al-kitab al-munir. What does kitab mean? Book and munir, enlightening. From noon wa ra, noon is light. Munir is one that spreads light one that brings light, one that causes something to shine. So it is enlightening, illuminating, meaning at time of darkness, at the time of ignorance, the scripture brought guidance and truth. So the messengers, they came with all of these things. But what was the reaction of the people? Did they believe? Not necessarily. So just because you have the truth, don't think that people will accept. No. You could be on the truth, but people will still deny you. So don't get worried if the people deny you. You may be doing something very good, but all you see is opposition from people. Don't start doubting yourself. Don't think what you're doing is wrong. No, it's still good. Just because everyone is not cooperating with you, it doesn't mean that the khayr that you're doing is wrong. Especially when that khayr is according to the Qur'an and sunnah. Let's listen to the recitation.
1: وَلَا يَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَنَّمَا نُمْلِي لَهُمْ خَيْرٌ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ إِنَّمَا نُمْلِي لَهُمْ لِيَزْدَادُوا إِثْمًا وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مهين مَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيَذَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عليه حتى يميز الخبيث من الطيب وما كان الله ليطلعكم على الغيب ولكن الله يجتب من يشاء فأمنوا وَإِنْ تُؤْمِنُوا وَتَتَّقُوا فَلَكُمْ أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ وَلَا يَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ يَبْخَلُونَ بِمَا آتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ هُوَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ بَلْ هُوَ شَرٌ لَهُمْ سيطوقون ما بخلوا به يوم القيامه ولله ميراث السماوات والارض والله بما تعملون خبير لقد سمع الله قول الذين قالوا إن الله فطير ونحن أغنياء سنكتب ما قالوا وقد لهم الأنبياء بغير حق ونقول ذوق عذاب الحريق ذلك بما قدمت أيديكم وأن الله ليس بظلام للعبد الذين قالوا إن الله عهد إلينا ألا نؤمن لرسول حتى يأتينا بقربان تأكله قُلْ قَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رُسُلٌ مِنْ قَبْلِ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ وَبِالَذِي قُلْتُمْ فَلِمَ قَتَلْتُمُهُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ فَإِنْ كَذَبُوكَ فَقَدْ كذب رسل من جاءوا
0: كل نفس الموت. Every soul will taste death. Every living being, every human being, animal, angel, jinn, insect, bird fish, every soul, Allah says it will taste death. Meaning, it will die. A point will come when that thing will no longer remain alive, rather it will die. And notice the word The ikatu means one that tastes. So every soul is a taster of death. Meaning it will taste death someday. And ذائقة is from the root letters, ذَالْ وَاقَافِ What does دَوْق mean? To taste. When you've tasted something, then you are certain of its existence. There are three levels of certainty. One is To just have knowledge about something. So for example, we all know, in theory, that we're going to die. The next level is To witness something with your eyes, yourself, and when you see it happening, then your certainty grows. So for example, you know everyone's going to die. But when someone close to you dies, when your family member dies, then death is more certain. When you see death with your own eyes, when you see someone dying, when you see a dead body, when you witness a burial, then what happens? You are more certain of death. And the final level is حَقُّ الياقين which is when you experience something yourself. This is just like you know that an apple is sweet. And then you see someone eating an apple and enjoying it. And you know that that apple is delicious. But you don't know how delicious it is until you eat it yourself. When you eat it yourself, then you know that yes, it is very sweet. Likewise, we know in theory that we are going to die someday. We see people dying. We become more certain. But that true certainty will come when we actually experience it ourselves. So this is why كُلُّ nafsin ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ No one can reject that. No one can refuse it. Every soul is going to experience it. That's the only thing that's certain in life. Isn't that so? That's the only thing that is certain in life. That everyone is going to die Someday, and indeed not but to a fauna, you will be given in full your wages, plural of. أجر. Your wages for what you have done in this life, you will be given all of that in full. So you're here for some time, and whatever that you're doing, one day you will be paid back for it. How much? Fully, completely. Nothing will be ignored. Nothing will be left out. تُوَفَّوْنَ kum. But when will that day come? al Qiyamah, On the Day of Judgment. In this dunya also, we are paid back for our actions. So for example, someone does good and he receives goodness. Or someone does evil and he suffers evil himself. But the good, the evil that he suffers today, is that complete recompense for the action that he's done? No. A person commits a crime, he killed someone. Even if he's caught, and he's prosecuted, and he is punished. But still, if you are the victim, do you ever feel that justice has been established? No. You don't feel like that. Because the loss that they've caused you, even the death of the criminal, is not going to satisfy you. So true recompense is going to be when? On the Day of Judgment. That is when justice will be established. تُوَفَّوْنَ yawm يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And on that day, فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عن النَّارِ Whoever is saved from the hellfire, وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ And he's admitted into Jannah, then that person فَقَدْ فاز, Then he is indeed successful. And someone who's not admitted in Jannah on that day, then is he successful? He's not. Someone who is punished in the hellfire, who's thrown into the hellfire, is he successful? No, he's not. True success is what? Two things. First of all, zuhziha anil Zuhziha is from zaiha zaiha. Zahzah is ib'ad. When someone is distanced from something. When someone is distanced from something, removed far away. But removed far away how? Severely. That he was about to fall into it, but he's pushed away. He was about to fall into it, but he was pushed away. With shiddah. Severely distanced, removed away from something. So the one who is saved from falling into the fire of hell. And not just that. Secondly, wa udhil al Jannah, and he is admitted into paradise. He's given entry into Jannah. The doors of Jannah are not closed to him. They're open to him. And he actually enters Jannah. Then this person, faqad Then he is successful. He has received what he strove for. He has earned the desired result. He is successful. This is true success. And the success of this dunya, mal hayat al dunya. And the life of this world, is nothing illa except mata'ul ghurur. ul-ghurur mata'u ghurur. What is mata'ul ghurur? It is the enjoyment of delusion. Mata' enjoyment, something that you take benefit from, something that you enjoy. But it is such an enjoyment that is of delusion of al ghurur. What is ghurur? From ghain rara, deception, delusion. Meaning, this is just an illusion. This is not reality. That just because you see success now, don't think this is ultimate real success. Just because you fail at something today, don't think this is ultimate failure. No, this dunya, it's just a deception. How is it a deception? That you think that the success of this dunya means so much, whereas in reality it doesn't mean much. You think that the loss of this dunya is such a great loss, whereas in reality it's not that much of a great loss. Because in this dunya, every success, every achievement, eventually reduces in its value. Eventually, a time comes when it becomes meaningless. For example, when you got the highest marks perhaps in a class, when you won a competition, it meant so much to you at that point. But after a couple of years, after a decade in your life, it doesn't mean much to you anymore. Especially if it cannot go into your resume. Correct? If it doesn't go there, it doesn't mean much. So what? If someone fires you from your job, so what if you won a competition at school? Doesn't matter. Every success in this dunya eventually becomes meaningless. And every failure in this dunya eventually also becomes meaningless. Because it can be replaced by victory. But what happens when you receive that victory, when you receive that success, you think this is ultimate success, which is why you're so happy that you forget everything else. Or when you suffer something, you think this is ultimate suffering, because of which you forget every blessing that Allah has given you in your life. So the reality is that the life of this world, what is it? An enjoyment of delusion. You think you will be here forever, but you're not going to be here forever. You think that if you have something, then you're the best. You're so lucky. And if you don't have something, you're so unfortunate. Whereas in reality, it's not like that. There are people who don't spend and they think it's good for them. Whereas in reality, it is worse for them. True success is that of the hereafter because that is the reality. So Allah reminds us that what we should focus on. Life, in life, there are ups and downs. We experience joy one day and we experience sadness the next day. We are successful one day and the other day we feel that whatever we had is gone. All that joy is gone. But remember that this dunya is going to be over someday. The reality is the akhirah. So a believer must always have his eyes fixed on the hereafter that ultimately success is that I am saved from the fire of hell and entered into Jannah. Because only that is success. And if a person has everything in this world, but ultimately ends up in the fire, then the success of this dunya is meaningless. And if a person suffered great loss in the dunya, but ultimately he's is in Jannah, then he is successful, right? Like in a hadith we learn that a person who would have lived in a lot of difficulty in this life, When he will be entered into Jannah, he will be asked that, have you suffered any difficulty? He'll say, never. Because he'll forget everything. And a person who enjoyed dunya so much, when he's entered into hellfire, he will be asked, have you experienced any joy? And he will say, never. Because this dunya is a deception. You think you're here forever, but it will go away very quickly. It's mata'ul ghurur. So the focus should always be on the afterlife. Sa'id bin Jubair, he said that the dunya is mata'ul-gurur for the one who does not occupy himself with seeking the hereafter. Meaning the one whose focus is not the hereafter, but rather it is the dunya. This degree, that much money, this house, that car, this person, these many children this school, this television, this computer, this nail polish, this makeup, whatever. Where is focus is the dunya, then the dunya is ul ghurur for them. And the one who seeks the hereafter, then dunya is mata' for him in helping him achieve the hereafter. So the dunya deceives some people and other people, they use the dunya to get to the hereafter. So you have to ask yourself, is this life controlling you? Are the things of this world controlling you? Is your money controlling you? Is your job controlling you? Your possessions? Your makeup? The items that you've collected? Is that controlling you? Or are you controlling the things? And you decide what should be done and what should not be done. Because if the dunya is controlling you, then you will give up. Then you will fall into the trap of shaitan then the fear of Allah will reduce. And if you are controlling the dunya in the sense that you decide if you wear something or not, not that since you have an outfit, you might as well wear it, even if it's not correct for you to wear it. No, you decide. Don't let the outfit decide for you, you decide the outfit. Don't let the makeup decide for you, you decide the makeup. Don't let the trends Decide for you, you decide what you wear and what you don't wear. Don't let the vocabulary of people decide your vocabulary, you know, you decide what you want to say and what you don't say. So, if you have control, meaning you take possession, you assert authority, you decide consciously, correct decisions, then you'll be successful. There are some people who are controlled by the life and its circumstances. And there are other people who rise above them. Some people become victim. Victim. They say that, oh, we can't do anything. This person said this. This person said that. The situation is like this. I can't wear hijab. I can't speak the truth. I can't come to class. I can't pay the fees. They become victim. Victim mentality. And the other is that, no. I have to do this, so I am going to do it. So this is what determines ultimate success or failure. فَمَنْ عَنِ النَّارِ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَدْ The Prophet said, By Allah, it is not poverty that I fear for you. I'm not afraid that one day you'll become poor. But what I fear for you is that the world will be presented for you just as it was presented for those before you. And then you will compete for it. And it will destroy you just as it destroyed the people before you. So you'll become so greedy for the dunya. And you will lie for it. You will cheat for it. You will do anything for it. You will sacrifice your salah for it. You will sacrifice your deen for it, your honesty, your morality. You will sacrifice for it. That when a person's focus is the Akhirah, then the sacrifices of this dunya become easy. And when a person's focus is the dunya, then the sacrifices of this dunya become very difficult. When the focus is the akhirah, that I want to be saved from the hellfire, I want to go to Jannah, then it's easy to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. And when the focus is the pleasure of this dunya, the comfort of this world, the enjoyment in that warm, cozy bed, then obviously it will be difficult to wake up even at 10 o'clock in the morning. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the strength to really focus on that which is a reality and be able to rise above what is a delusion. Subhanakallahu الله وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت. لا استغفرك إليك. السلام عليكم